Welcome to episode five of the Marriage Legacy Builders podcast with your hosts, Mike and Carly Kirchival. Hey guys. Hey, how's everybody doing? We hope that you guys are doing great. And today we want to talk to you guys about how to keep your romance alive when you're exhausted. Seriously, you guys, like, let's just be honest. When we first got married, I don't know about you guys, but the romance was just automatic. Yeah. It was just like, we didn't even have to think about it. We weren't (laughs) thinking, oh, how can I be romantic? How can we get more romance? But then um, another reality of marriage is responsibility shift, right? Yes. At first it was just Mike and I, and then it was like Mike, I, uh, Mike, I, Mike and I and three children. All of a sudden we have three kids. I mean, it took a span of a while to get to there. Yes. Like over about eight, 10 years, something like that. But one of the things that we know a lot of people say to us is that how do we keep that spark alive? How do we keep romance in our lives when it feels like all we are is ships passing in the night? Yeah, and so many times I know there could be people out there that are like, yes, because you know I might have just got this job or my family and I, we just relocated to this area or a different state. And it's just, there's so many responsibilities that's required of you. And it is so important to keep that romance alive, to keep that focus in the center of your marriage. Because you easily get distracted. And so what we are going to do today is we are going to give six ways, six ideas that we have to keep your romance alive, even when you are completely dog tired. So the first one, which, you know, may seem obvious, but many people do not do is to put date nights on the calendar. Yeah. I mean, so many times, you know, you could be thinking, hey, that's obvious. But when you get so busy, when you have so many responsibilities, let's say at your work or even with your your family or whatever's going on, you need to put it before you and be like, you know what? We're making this date that we agreed upon, we're making this a priority. Yeah, because again, although that's not a, you know, Einstein idea, how many people are actually doing it? I know there's been many times where we were not doing that. And we wonder, well, why are we feeling so disconnected? Because we were in our minds and in our hearts, we were wanting to put each other first and we were wanting to have date nights. And again, when I say date nights, I don't want to hear the excuses of, oh, we, do, we don't have a sitter. We don't have the money. Yeah. You don't need any of those things to have a date night. So let's just kind of clear the air on that one right now. When we say date night, we just mean intimate time together, alone time. And we get it, you guys. There's all the reason in the world to not have dates. Some of it, again, like we just talked about, could be purely financial. We don't yeah. have the money to hire a sitter. Some of it could be that, you know, we work opposite shifts. And so the only time we see each other is during nap time for our two-year-olds, you know, our two-year-old triplets. And it's like, well, then there you go. There's your date right there. It's really a mindset issue. A lot of it, as we go along this list, what it is is a shifting of your mind to say, you know what, we're tired. We have a lot going on, Mm -hmm. but I value you enough to put you ahead of my tiredness. And so for me, I know as a mother, there was a lot of times where I just felt like I couldn't do anything more. Like no matter what, because Mike would be like, hey, let's, you know, when the kids go to bed, let's cook up a fancy dinner, Mm -hmm. have dessert, and then we can just hang out. And in my mind, I'm thinking, 
do you know how tired I am? Like all I do is deal with children all day long and it's exhausting, you know? <laughs> but at the same time, Michael was saying, but do you know how valuable you are to me? And so through communication, through yes. trial and error, we started to realize that, okay, it's not mechanical. It doesn't take anything out of the romance to write it on the calendar to make sure that it's not overlooked because in a state of exhaustion, we tend to overlook and make a lot of mistakes. We overlook things we yep. forget. And so this is another way to make sure that we're prioritizing the time to reconnect, yes. to have fun, yes. just to enjoy one another's company. Yes, and I know also with, with me when Carla was talking about valuing that time together, you know, there was times where I was exhausted from work or just the responsibility of being a father and, and Carla and I, you know, parenting our children. It really meant so much to me. Even though I know Carly was tired, she was just like, you know what? We're going to do this because it gives us that one-on-one -on -one time where we can talk about our goals and our dreams and just everything that, that we're about, you know, as a couple. I think one of the great things about having that time, that uninterrupted time that we consider to be our date nights is having thoughts that are actually complete. Yeah. <laughs> Being able to speak complete sentences. I mean... Like right now, our sons are with our oldest daughter. She's an adult, but she still lives with us. She's in college and the boys are with her right now because let's just be honest, there's no way this podcast would even get 20 <laughs> no seconds way. in. There would be interruptions. <laughs> oh. Okay, well, the second thing that we want to mention is that, you know, just let your spouse know that they're on your mind throughout the day. Yes. And this is something that can be done. So Mike and I both work from home. We're privileged now to be able to work together, yes. homeschool the boys and do everything from home. But even in the midst of that, it gets really busy. It does. And so Michael will send me a text a lot of times in the morning. He'll get up before me. So like this morning, even for instance, the first thing I saw was he sent me a text that said, I love you. Little things like that, that blesses me. So when I read that, it's a good, like, I'm like, oh, so he's reaching out to me. He's connecting with me and he's letting me know that he cares. Yes. And, and, and you know, there could be people out there that could be like, um, I don't know about, you know, doing this. But for me, one of the reasons why I do it is I want to verbally, even if it's through a text, to say, Carly, I love you. Or what do you need from me? And I, instead of me assuming it. I want to go ahead and make sure that she knows throughout the day, not at the end of the day, because I learned that um, when we were uh, a lot, many years ago, I've learned to make sure I communicate throughout the day. There were so many times when I was in the army, I was constantly doing things and I did not take the time to call Carly or check on her throughout the day. Yeah, I remember that. And I would always wonder what was going on because a lot of my friends' husbands were checking in on them. Yeah. And I'm like, what is, what is going on here? Like, why is he not checking in on me? But I realized he was lower ranking than a lot of my friend's husbands at the time because <laughs> yeah. it was when he just got in. And also, so he was just busy kind of submitting to the system and he tends to be a workaholic. And I kind of started putting two and two together and I was like, well, I need to say something to him so that he knows this is important because yeah. when I'd be sitting home with Hannah, we were having a great time. But I needed that adult interaction. Yeah. I really did. And so, and then as time went on, he got really good about that um, to the point where it's almost become harassment. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, it's definitely, he's really good about that now. But 
you know, communicating that because I feel like when you communicate to your spouse throughout the day that you're thinking of them, that you love them, it could be something about intimacy. Maybe you yeah. guys flirt through your texting or through a note or, you know, some people may be able to pop by for lunch, surprise your spouse or whatever. Yeah. Just let them know that you love them as you can throughout your day. So the third thing that we want to talk about is making your spouse's lunch with a surprise. So, you know, for those of you that maybe work opposite shifts or those of you, maybe one person's working outside the home and the other is in the home, there's so many different ways that you can do this. Yeah. So it could be as simple as you're literally making their lunch for them and you just put in a note that says, I love you. Yeah. We have these awesome printable love coupons that I know many of our readers have used and listeners have used to put notes inside of their spouse's box just to give them like, oh, maybe it's a, a love coupon for a massage, you know, or just yep. whatever. It also could be them, you just preparing food and just taking it to them at home. I mean, it does, it could be the person that's working maybe is like, you know what, I'm actually going to get food for my spouse who's holding it down at the home front you know because with this check this out you guys the whole point with the food thing find out what your spouse likes if they like cookies if they cake whatever it is study your spouse and and surprise them put that in their bag make it special where they're caught off guard like oh my gosh it makes sure it feels good to give but it also shows your spouse that you're thinking of your spouse. You know what, you know, they enjoy whatever that food is and that you're taking time out of your day to not focus on yourself or your needs, but you're focusing on what your spouse likes. Yeah, it's a great thing. And I think, you know, even if your love language is not acts of service, who doesn't love to be noticed yes. by their spouse? Who doesn't love to be cared for by their spouse? And sometimes too, you may tell them, maybe the surprise is that you're like, right before you, you know, you go to bed, you're like, hey, don't worry about making your lunch tomorrow. I'm gonna do it for you. Cause maybe that's something you don't normally do. Yeah. If it is something you normally do, then maybe instead you're like, hey, don't worry about packing your lunch tomorrow. Um, I'm gonna have a surprise for you. Cause some people like that, that's exciting to them. They're like, well, huh, where's that gonna be? Yep. You know? So whatever it is, just, it could also just be making their favorite cookie. Yes. You know, or giving them their favorite type of drink in there. I mean, it's just there's so many ways to make these simple everyday things that many of us take for granted an opportunity of of really showing your love and declaring yes. your love for one another. So this is a the next one we're going to talk about is something that we all know because it can easily happen to anybody where you have to make your bedroom a place for the two of you. Yes. So especially when you have small children, this can be difficult. I know when Mike and I had our first child, we had like a baby swing in our room. <laughs> we had a bassinet. She was sleeping right next to oh. me because, you know, I nursed for a long time with all of our kids. And so it was like, especially when they were infants, it was just really easy for them to be right there. And But, you know, I remember also that put a damper on intimacy, at least for me, because I'm like, well, my baby's right there. Even though the baby's sleeping, the baby has no idea what, you know, that is, what intimacy is between husband and wife from a physical standpoint, it was still weird. Yeah. And I know a lot of women, a lot of my friends also struggle with the same thing. Whereas Michael's just like, well, she's asleep, you know, yeah. it doesn't matter. Swing the swing the other way, <laughs> backs towards us. Yeah, it was like, he was trying to do everything that he could <laughs> to, to make it to where 
um, that wasn't a boundary for us. But one of the things that we've learned also is that when you set those boundaries and guidelines, yeah. particularly with children, and it could be with family members. Perhaps you live with um, you live in a generational situation where you have you know grandparents or your parents or whatever your grandkids. Um, just making that boundary of okay, you guys, that's great. You can hang out with us sometimes in here, but now it's time for you know mom and dad to have alone time, yeah. or just getting them in the habit of understanding this is a haven for mommy and daddy and maybe an occasional treat of hanging out together. But as the children have grown, this is something I do want to know. We have, you know, two teenagers now and a teenager. And as they've grown up, what we found is that, you know, what they need most from us is the emotional support. Yes. And I will not limit and keep my bedroom is not off limits anymore. When they were little, it was, but now obviously they're old enough to when they go to bed or we're in here, they're not bothering us. But it's a place kind of a refuge for all of us now. So yes. there's there's different seasons of life, but essentially making it a place for the both of you that feels good. Maybe you love certain types of sheets or maybe you love certain types of colors or yeah. anything like that that can kind of help it be a haven for you. That is that that's so true. And some of you, you know, like what Carly was saying, different seasons in life. The biggest thing with this is make it a make it a priority. Just say, you know what? You know, at this time, you know, we're going to clear things off. We're going to set this up the way that we like it. And we're going to have that time where we just get cozy and we just talk to each other. And you you build that, that palace or that castle right there. Make that time and clear out the space for your palace. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good idea. And I think one of the key things to remember about romance is that a lot of us get romance confused with Hollywood. So yeah. romance doesn't have to look how Hollywood says that it looks. I mean, that's just not true, right? But it's more important that you and your spouse are connecting. Yes. And it's important that you're having these connection points and these places of refuge that you can go to together, that you can retreat to together that are more valuable than the experience itself. So you don't have to be like, yeah, well, my spouse and I, you know, are going to make love five times a day and that's when the romance is alive for us. Well, that's silly. Yeah. You know, we don't want to get into these, I guess, mundane ideas of what romance is as opposed to just letting it happen naturally, but having the space and the time for that occurrence to happen. And I think another thing too is I know for me, my love language is, is, Part of it is physical touch. That's yeah. kind of a secondary one. But for me, it's quality time. So when Mike and I go, one of the things that we do is walking. When we go on our walks, that is quality time for me. And that opens me up to whatever else is coming our way. But it's a starting point for me. Yeah. Like I like to be with Michael. We go on the walk at the beach a lot. And it's just us and the waves and Jesus. And, yes, it's you know, awesome. It's it's very peaceful. And so when we get that time, it opens me up to other experiences. Like perhaps Mike can share more about his love language. Yeah, so my love language is physical touch. But I also, secondary to that, I, I also like quality time. And so, you know, earlier in our marriage, I used to think, just in my naive thinking, I used to think that, hey... Let me find out something with acts of service. Let me do something that Carly likes. Like, you know, if it was doing the dishes, which I'm not good at to this day, 
let me do that to see if I can get the, you know, the, the intimacy physically. But what I've learned over the years is like Carly said, when we go on walks, when we do things together, I have a chance to have that quality time and to be vulnerable before Carly and say, hey, these are some things that I'm working on. You know, I'm able to, to share my whole heart with Carly. And that's the thing with this. God wants us to be total vulnerable to our spouse and to communicate what's going on. And you need to cherish this time. You need to set this as a priority to say, you know what? We're going to communicate. We're going to work through this. And, you know, God, God will bring everything together. He really will. And I think what's key in all of this, again, is knowing what your spouse wants. Yes. And we can't know what they want unless they tell us. So, you know, there's times where you try to guess and maybe you get it because you've been married for a while. So Mike and I, we're going to be celebrating 20 years of marriage this year in 2020. And it's like, I have a really good idea of a lot of things that Mike likes, but I still am unlocking things about him. I don't know everything about him because he still doesn't know everything about himself. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) He's discovering, and as am I, we're discovering ourselves more and more. The closer we get to Jesus, the more we understand about who we really are. And I think as we get older also, life changes us. You know, circumstances can shape us. And we've gone through a lot of good and bad things together that have helped mold us more into Jesus, well, more into being like Christ, more like Jesus. And those are the things that we have to constantly be communicating about because what worked in one season of our marriage to keep the romance alive does not work 20 years later. That's right. And that's okay. So it's having these conversations, which leads us into another point we want to make. One thing that we have found that helps keep the romance alive is keeping up with a routine. And again, as you can tell, we're definitely flexible because we understand that routines change as seasons in life change. But one of the things that we realized was that before we had children, our routines were very much wrapped up in Jesus, like in, in service. So we were serving a lot together at the church and also each other but once more responsibilities come then there's the additions of the other people that need time and energy and focus and then we started to realize well goodness this is no longer working so we constantly are being reminded god is always us always reminding us that you cannot put new wine in old wine skins and so having these routines are good though in every season because it reminds us that we are here for a common purpose. We are working together mm-hmm. and the children are seeing mom and dad being consistent. And even if that's just in us having a date night at home or yep. out, it could be out on the town, whatever that is, but they're seeing consistency. And more than anything, it means that we are prioritizing what is important in our lives. That's so true. And, and while you're doing this, because Carly said it well, we, we've experienced a lot of different seasons. You, the biggest thing is to be flexible, to be open, to communicate. Make sure that you communicate your feelings when you do this routine. Don't assume your spouse is just going to do it because you said so. Find, communicate, find out why, what works for you guys and go after it. And it's okay. There's going to be things where you're going to be like, Hey, we need to tweak this here. We need to adjust this there. That's fine. But the biggest thing 
Find out what works for you guys and be consistent at it. Make it a priority. Yes. And so number six, don't forget to court your spouse. Yes, you heard me. Court your spouse. Some of you might be thinking, well, I'm married. I did that before I got married. I bought the roses. I got the, the candy and all that. Why do I need to do it now? Why do I need to do it now? Well, you need you need to do it, number one, is because you love your spouse. You, you want to continually make them happy in more ways than one, not just buying the candy or the roses. You want to show the love of Jesus Christ study them things like like what Carly and I had mentioned about you know making lunch surprising them putting it on the calendar all those things is adding up to show your spouse that they are the priority and and have fun with it don't be robotic don't just be like okay I'm just gonna go during Valentine's Day or whatever make this find out what your spouse likes if it's chocolate or whatever it is and surprise your spouse and just be all in, 100%, not halfway, all in with passion, energy, everything. Yeah, it's true because no matter how long you've been together, just because you've been married for you know 40 years doesn't mean that your spouse feels desired by you. Yeah. It's a part of that process of filling that area that God has reserved for the spouse, the desired part. Because I know that if I wasn't affirming my husband because another thing you like words of affirmation I do. too I do. so i feel like you have like all the love languages kind of just sum you up <laughs> like you really <laughs> he loves it i all. do love yes but if i wasn't affirming him through words then he wouldn't feel desired either yeah. so it's not just a physical act of intimacy that makes him feel desired it's words of affirmation yeah it's at times just checking on him like hey like he said earlier, he checks on me a lot. But for me, I know it surprises him because I don't tend to check on him as much as he checks on me. But if I come in, I'm like, hey, you know, do you need something? And it's just those little things, those little gestures that remind your spouse that they're important, that they're cared for. Yes. And that matters, you guys. And I know for me, all these years later, when he asks me those things, it still blesses my heart, just like it did 20-something years ago when we first got together. So don't let that die, because when you start letting those small things that seem to be insignificant die in your marriage, the romance is going to start to fizzle as well. Yes. You have to keep it alive. So think of it like this. Your marriage is a living, breathing thing. And it is because, number one, it's a spiritual covenant between you, your spouse, and your God that you swore before God that you were going to be together yes. and that you were going to live for him and you were going to serve him together. It's also between two living, breathing people who are spirit beings. You know, we have a spirit. We know that. But we're living things. And so when you don't nurture a living thing like a plant, Right? How many of you out there kill house plants? I don't know. I'm sure a lot of you do, because <laughs> a lot of people I know cannot keep a house plant alive for the life of them. But really, just thinking about watering, you know, yeah. giving them the fertilizer, essentially those everyday things that we're doing for each other, so that they can grow and flourish in the way that God has designed for them as an individual, but also within the marriage. And so, we just want to encourage you guys that. You know, these are just a few ideas of how you can keep your romance alive, even though you're exhausted and tired. Yep. 
and we want you not to see this as a chore, but to see it as a life-giving exercise between husband and wife, one that is vital to a very successful lifelong marriage. And if you're not able to do much of the thinking right now, perhaps you're just a little more exhausted than your spouse. It's not a competition, but I'm just saying, sometimes there are seasons where some of us are more exhausted than others. Yeah. Then let your spouse pick up a little bit more of the slack. You guys should be there for each other in that, in that way. If you're down, then your spouse should be picking you up and vice versa. And if you guys are both struggling, then perhaps a third party, it's time for intervention of some sort. Yeah. Maybe it's time for a counseling or a mentor or whatever type of thing helps unify you guys and gives you energy in life. So we're just grateful for all of you. We hope that you guys are blessed. And just know that we are praying for each one of you and we look forward to seeing you next time.